Hello, everyone. Welcome to one more podcast for the Athletic School. Today, our guest speaker is Don Moxley. He's the director of Applied Science at Longevity Labs and the developer of HRV+. He's a former captain and Big Ten champion at Ohio State. And today, we're going to be talking about performance. Don, thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk to you and your tribe. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, so let's right, jump to the questions. Um, performance is a topic that I think a lot of athletes are trying to always improve and, you know, and and get better in a way and try to perform more in, in school, in sports, in life in general, sure. right? So my, my first question for you, I think, is uh, what does performance mean to you? You you have been working on that for for a long time right now. And I think sometimes we don't even know what performance means, you know, so, because I feel like a lot of people have the have they have a different perspective of what performance really is. So, so for me, performance is a process. It is not a destination. Um, it's constantly uh, putting in processes to improve uh, operational uh, efficiencies. You know that um, if you're an athlete, performance is your ability to show up and train and compete. Um, you know, the number one thing that interferes with performance for an athlete is injury. So, so much of your training and so much of what you do needs to be calibrated around, okay, how do I get stronger? How do I get to the point where I can engage in the, the competitive landscape more effectively and more efficiently? Um, you know, Igor, a lot of times we look at, uh, at performance from a physiology standpoint or from a psychology standpoint, both very important. I tend to look from a, as a coach, I look at it as an economics uh, perspective is that what am I getting in return for this investment of energy that I'm making? You know, that if you have a, if, if you're, when you're old, like me, you have, you have investments um, and you look at, okay, is, is if I put a dollar in, what am I getting out? Um, and I think many times with, with performance, it's that economics look that I think people miss that, that I, you know, too many times you see people just burning the house down, trying to get, you know, better performance. And it's like, well, no, you probably should have stopped when the smoke detector went off um, instead of burning the whole house down. So, you know, it, that, that's how I look at it over time. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And that makes a lot of sense because uh, for me as an athlete, uh, it's hard to, to, to say and to decide when to stop um, because we think that just doing more is going to help us. But sometimes, you know, I have a day off and then I go back to the field and then I perform much better because I was resting the day before, you know. Um, well, and I think we, as athletes, as... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I, I agree with you. And, and the, so the challenge is, you know, when we start to get tired, when we're engaged in the process, one of the things that our body gives us is a little signaling molecule called dopamine. And dopamine reinforces hard work. Um, and and I get it. I know where it comes from. It's, a, it's fun to just pour yourself into a training or something like that and walk away. I'll tell you, I, I remember when I was wrestling in college, I walked out of the weight room several times and I would sit in my car with my hands in my lap 
because I couldn't pick him up to touch the steering wheel. I was just so tired. I had to sit there and just to get my hands back up on the steering wheel. Well, what what we've learned over time, and, and again, that's that's fun. It's a lot of hard work. It feeds the ego. It does all those things. You get a little dopamine. But the invet when you look at it from a possession from a, a position of economics, the benefit of the training session was achieved long before the extended fatigue was set in. Um, you know, and, and when you're training, what's so important is you need to take a step back and not what is it that I can do, but when I'm training, what is the trigger? What is the signal I'm trying to generate in order to get my body to respond and get stronger? What is the, we call this hormesis. What is the, what is the stimulus that breaks up uh, the, 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 the platform of, of the, the breaks our homeostasis is the word I was looking for. Sorry about that. Um, but mm -hmm. and anything after the trigger is wasted energy. Um, and from an athlete, we rarely have enough time for everything that we need to do. There's, there's always some, boy, I wish I could have done that, or I wish I could have done that. And when we look at all the domains of athlete performance, it's important to say, okay, where did I get the trigger and, and walk away um, and go do something else, go do something else that contributes to performance. And I think this is a, again, I like to use the, I like to use terms of economics to describe, you know, the modern training environment and what, what kind of, what kind of metrics can we put on this to see, am I getting better? Um, you know, one of the challenges, Igor, is that we've got a lot of metrics out there that frankly are not, you know, we, 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 I deal with the term that I call key performance indicators, um, KPIs. And around sport, whether it's in the weight room or out on the field or on the court, a lot of times there's these things that we look at like 40 time in football. 40 time is not a valuable KPI. It does not predict success. Um, in the weight room, bench press does not predict success. Your best bench pressers are probably not your best athletes. Um, so it's really important that we put indicators in place that you, am I making progress towards a goal that's realistic and um, how am I measuring that progress? Mm -hmm. That's that's it. that's interesting. And I got to watch out for those triggers because I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and just when you, when you were talking, I, I was, I was thinking about it, you know, and I love the, the KPIs as well, because, um, I'm a goalkeeper for soccer sure. and a lot of the times coaches, coaches think that they're going to make us run, but then it doesn't help my team for me as a goalkeeper to be able to run two miles in 12 minutes, you know, that, that. In terms of becoming a better a, a better goalkeeper, that doesn't help me at all. It doesn't help the team. Doesn't help anyone. You know. So a lot of the times we'll look at the keepers and we'll see like, oh no, he can run two miles in twelve minutes. Like, okay, and then what? That can he save a ball when someone's gonna kick at him? Sure. And 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 listen. And, this, yeah. And, mm -hmm. In swimming, you know, so many times I see in swimming, I see coaches warming the sprinters up with the distance people. It's like warming your sprinters on the track up with your marathoners. 
It's a completely different game. It's a completely different physiology. Now, from a coaching standpoint, it's a lot easier to say, okay, everybody in the pool, give me 3,000 meters. Let's go ahead and get warmed up. Um, but to segment that to where your, your, your keepers are doing one thing, your defensemen are doing another, your attackers are doing a third, yeah, the, all these positions have KPIs. And again, I think the evolved, I think this is where sports science really gives us the ability to start to target, you know, and, and um, you know, in soccer, we love, we love these catapult systems right now where we see movement of players on the field and, and acceleration and so forth. And I'm not, I don't want to take away from that at all. That's a very valuable thing. I don't think it says much to you. I mean, I'd rather have a big camera behind my goalies looking at where shots are coming from. How are they reacting? Let's find their weak spots and train that weak spot. And I think this applies to any sport or any athlete. Identify the weakness, invest time there. But if you're not actively seeking that weak spot and developing a KPI that you can hang on that, um, well, then you're probably missing an opportunity to succeed. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and I think that that would change a lot of a lot of people's mind in terms of what performance is and how they can improve. Um, so, my my next question for you is: uh, Do you believe you can perform in a high level for a long period of time? In the absence of injury, yes. Um, you know, so this, we talked about this earlier that, um, the, the thing that's going to prevent you from achieving that goal is injury. Um, you know, we're seeing cardiovascular athletes really excel, you know, so we're, we're used to seeing, you know, good athletes coming that 18 to 25 range coming out of college, right out of college, but we're starting to see cardiovascular athletes really blossom 35, 40 years old where they're really able to drill in the metabolism. We see it with some strength athletes. Um, you know, the, the, so I do believe, and I think you have to look at longevity as a performance tool um, in a performance window, that, mm-hmm. that whether I'm doing a talk to a conference uh, on longevity or I'm doing a talk to a conference on sport performance, I still have the same anchors. I still deal with, You've got to you've got to move correctly, move better. You you hack that with exercise. You need nutrient dense food for the system to work. It's more than proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Um, the the micronutrients are are critical, and, and I think we have to focus. You hack that with supplements. Um, whether you're an athlete or an athlete's parent, sleep is critical. Sleep is critical to success. It's critical to recovery. You can't hack sleep, but you can hack the sleep environment. So you can do things to make that sleep environment understand um, circadian rhythms, understand these and reinforce them. And then finally, light, getting light on your skin. Um, Light, I think, is a nutrient. Now, these are, I call those my four big rocks that go in the jar. The jar, though, the jar is your purpose. Um, That there's a lot of environmental forces pushing us away from moving, pushing us away from nutrient-dense food. There's a lot of environmental forces messing with our sleep and our circadian rhythm cycles. And then we're, we're, we're constantly in a situation where we don't get enough light on our skins. So 
you've got to have a purpose. So if that's a goal, whether, you know, back as an athlete, I had a goal of winning tournaments and winning things like this. And, and, and with that goal, I had motivation to sacrifice things in the environment. Um, I, I, I would not miss a workout, even though, even though I had other social pressures, I would not miss a workout. Um, once I got all my workouts in, I got that all done, then we can go ahead and bring in social and, and things like that. But, and the same thing holds true now in longevity. You know, I've, I use the term, I try, I try not to use this one too much, but how do you want to die? Um, do you want to die in a hospital hooked to tubes? <clears throat> or, you know what, I, I hope when, when I'm, you know, something past 90 years old, Maybe I'm hiking the edge of the Grand Canyon and I slip and I do a ride into the ground and it's a good trip on the way down, you know, but I don't, I, you know, so that goal for me is to be a great grandfather is to be that crazy guy that comes into a wrestling room. You know, I'm 61 years now, uh, old now. And I, I still, I, you know, a, a four year, five years ago, I had the opportunity to go, uh, wrestle with my nephew who had qualified for the Florida State High School Wrestling Tournament. You know, I did pretty good for the first day. Second day was a disaster. Um, I was good for a day. Um, but um, I want to at least maintain that and be that crazy ass wrestler that can walk into the room and teach when I'm 80 and 90 years old. That's only that's only 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. um, that's not that 20 years goes really yeah. fast. Yeah, I imagine. Um, I don't want to go, go off the topic too much, but you said something really important about how do you want to die. Um, and I saw a video of uh, David Goggins talking about, you know, why he he goes that crazy. And then he he gave a, a little story. You know, he said, imagine you die and then you go to heaven. And then once you get there, uh, you meet with God, whatever, if you believe it or not, that's not the point. Um, and then God give you uh, pictures and shows you like, look, who, who, this is who you were meant to be, you know, and, and do all those crazy things and all these achievements. But because you choose to, you know, sit on your couch or stuff like that, you know, when you decided not to work out and miss a workout and do the other things, you didn't, you know, um, and I think that's that, that relates a lot with what you said. And, and I love that. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I'm not a big one on regret or, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a big one for regret. I, I you want to enjoy every minute. You don't know. Listen, we don't know when we're going to exit mm -hmm. this place, but um, uh, I want to mm -hmm. make sure that in the in the moment I'm doing what I meant to do. And, and that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so go back to the topic of performance. Uh, you mentioned four things, and I was going to ask you about that, you know, things that you, you found out studying performance. What are some of the things that helps athletes uh, improve their performance? And you mentioned four. Can you name those four again, please? Yeah, I think, I think the four big rocks are movement, which you hack with exercise. Now, you can hack exercise, too. Um, I love, I love some of the modern modalities that have developed, like things like blood flow restriction training. Um, I think this is an amazing tool. 
And in Igor, I come from a training background. Um, I don't know if your audience has heard of a thing called West Side Barbell. Um, it's a it's it's a place in Columbus, Ohio, where the strongest people in the world train. And and I got to cut my teeth studying mm-hmm. with Lou Simmons back in the you know back before West Side was West Side. We used to train. We used to train till we again. I couldn't pick my hands up to grab the steering wheel, um, but. Now that we understand that we trained because we thought that was the signal. We thought the greater the signal, the greater the growth. Well, what we're learning is that there's a signal that comes long before that. And if you use tools like blood flow restriction training, or you use tools like electrostimulation, or you combine heat and cold therapies with resistance and conditioning therapies, you can really improve the efficiency. Again, economics. Time invested versus return on investment. And again, with most athletes, they struggle for to have enough time. And so you've constantly got to be looking at do do I have an do is there a better way to do this? A set of exercises that will give me the return that I'm looking for with an investment of 30 minutes of time rather than two hours. You know. We loved spending two and a half, three hours in a weight room. It was fun. There was a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of sit around bullshitting kind of stuff. But um, but at the same time, yeah. you know, if I can get in that room, get the work done, get the signal and get out so I can go do something else and improve recovery, it's going to be a better investment of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that because that happened to me today. I went to the gym with a friend of mine um, and then we did a workout, we did some lifting and then we went to the pool, we did a little bit of swimming there and then we went to the sauna um, and I, I actually, I have a pretty pretty close um, idea w- with what you said because for me it was like, man, I want to get out of here like uh, because I want to get this done and go home because I got to do something else and then my friend was on the phone and then he was tired and then he was just sitting down and just like you said and then i I told him like hey come on we gotta we gotta go like we we can just sit here for three hours and then get out of here and think that oh my god my day so productive you just waste time there you you weren't working out for three hours you were working for an hour but then you were on your phone and then you did this might have been good for him socially um, but you've got to prioritize, right? <laughs> um, what's good for them may not be the best for you. And, and as an athlete or as an individual, you've got to be able to look at this and have, and, and have a good enough handle on, on your program that you say, listen, I, Igor, I don't train well with other people. I just don't, um, you know, <laughs> coming up, most people don't want to train with me because they don't want to work that hard. Um, or they, there's, they're caught up in some, some program and then, then I'm just not, it just isn't on my radar. So you've got to have a willingness to say, you know what, I'll see you later. We'll, we'll grab a bite to eat. Um, but the work, this workout's really important to me. I'm going to focus on doing it the way I think I should do it. Um, if you want to come tag along, fine, but don't, don't be an anchor to my boat. Um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So 
for the people that are listening to us, they are trying to improve performance. You know, you mentioned a few things about getting light, sunlight, uh, getting the right nutrients mm -hmm. and sleeping. Uh, but what are some general things that people should be doing right now that they can apply to their days right now, today, um, in order to improve, uh, improve, in order to have a better performance besides having a better sleep? Uh, is there anything else that you think it's important that people should be doing? Listen, you, you can't, you can't ignore, uh, movement, um, uh, which involves exercise which typically then gets broken down into strength and cardiovascular because there's, there is a difference. You know, one is, uh, one is, is explosive short term, higher, you know, very high intensity cardiovascular tends to be lower intensity, longer period of time, but they're both critical. Um, you know, whether you're an athlete or whether you're an athlete's parent and trying to age well, um, you, you have to invest in, in the development of what's called mitochondria. So your cell has uh, a, a part of your cell generates energy. It's called a mitochondria and you have to invest in this. So exercise, exercise at a, at a zone two, zone three level in a five zone system builds mitochondria in the cell. It's critical. Uh, the ability to produce energy as an athlete is a key performance indicator. That's why we measure things like VO2 and things like that. It's the ability to produce energy. Um, well, by the way, it's also going to be the thing that ends your life, that your life won't end when you run out of time. Your life will end when you run out of energy, which is a mitochondrial-driven process. So, um, so you're constantly doing that to, to, to build mitochondrial efficiency. We have to take that when we start to roll into food, we start to understand this concept of what's called autophagy, which is a cellular cleaning process that's typically associated with fasting. Well, what we know is that there are nutrients that are critical in that fasting pathway, one of which we call spermidine. Um, it's one of the things our pro it's, and again, this has been fun for me working for the company that I work for. We, we, we've known about this, this spermidine molecule for hundreds and hundreds of years. We just didn't know what it did. But in 2016, they gave a Nobel Prize to a Japanese researcher who described the cellular cleaning process of autophagy. When we exercise, we generate autophagy. When we fast, we generate autophagy. Autophagy is associated with long life. So nutrients, you got to have the right nutrients, practices and nutrients to go in. If you're lifting, you've got to have protein coming in so you can rebuild muscle. If you're doing exercise, I'm not, not a huge carbohydrate supplement guy, but understanding the role of ketones and fat metabolism is always good because those ketones are signaling molecules, especially in the brain, and very effective. And then this all gets backed up in sleep and recovery. So if you do work, you have to have recovery. That recovery typically comes at night. So um, getting off of your devices, getting a regular sleep routine you know, we live in a society that has devalued sleep for a long time. Huge mistake. Okay. Sleep is critical. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then finally, like I said, you've got to get into the light during the day. You've got to get out, get that, that red light, sunlight and, and at, at sunrise and sunset, this helps set that circadian rhythm, getting light on the skin. I don't know about you, but I feel the healthiest when my skin is brown. 
the browner my skin is, the better I feel. Um, so I'm a huge melanin guy. Yes. Um, and um, so, but it's, but that's a lot. Got to get my exercise in. I got to get my food choices right. I got to get my sleep right. I've got to get my, got to get in light. Well, I've got all these distractions, you know, I've got these things with TVs and, and, and so, so prioritizing for me, you know, I, I started my seventh decade of life last year. Um, I turned, I, t- you know, I turned 60. And so that's, I'm starting on my seventh decade. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, we're having a lot of fun. My kid moved out of the house a little over a year ago. My wife and I, I call it my third, third of life. You spend your third, first third of life learning. You spend your second, third serving others, uh, school, work, things like that. But your third, third is your third. It's my third. And when my daughter moved out and got a job and, and not coming home anymore, my wife and I are on our third, third. It's our third. And I want this to be a great third of my life. I want to, I want to enjoy it. And so you can't do that if you're broken down and you can't move, you've got to constantly be investing in this and, 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 and hacking it. You know, you can hack this. This is, this is a red light panel that you see over my shoulder here. So, and I spent 20 minutes in front of that this morning, feeding energy into my mitochondria. This is my sauna. So you know, you and I talked about, I live in an RV. My wife and I live in an RV and we travel all over the country. Part of moving into this RV was, can I do these things I need to do? I was in the sauna for 25 minutes last night. My wife is out on her Peloton bike right now, riding in the other room. Um, You've got to engineer your environment to meet the needs, but we do that. Again, it's my, my purpose. I want to be that crazy 80 year old. Um, I want to be that guy that can still teach wrestling in, in two more decades. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I feel like that's what performance is about. You know, it's about having a better life because nobody, nobody likes to feel pain and to feel not happy, you know? And I think when you're striving and trying to thrive in a way, that's when you, you find happiness, um, you improve your performance, you become a better person for yourself, for people around you. And I think that's, that's what performance is about, right? I agree. So that, I love that. I love that. That's, that's really, that's, that's really good to, to hear. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what, what the HRV is and tell us a little bit about the product that you are developing, the HRV plus. So HRV stands for heart rate variability. And um, when we start talking about KPIs, key performance indicators, what HRV, it's a measurement of the difference in times between heartbeats. So um, if your heart beats 60 beats a minute, you expect beep, beep, beep. But with high variability, instead of having that rhythm, it's beep, beep, beep. beep. It's still 60 beats a minute but it's variable. Mm-hmm. This tells you that your body, that, that the, the, the part of your body that's in charge of recovery, we call it the autonomic nervous system, the automatic nervous system. Um, when you have high variability, that means you have high resources in case there's a challenge. Now, if you're sitting around and a bear walks around the corner, your brain says, hey, uh, that thing's a problem for you. 
uh, you need to get out of here. And it starts dumping, it starts dumping signals into your body that tells your adrenals, your adrenals make adrenaline and they make cortisol and it frees up energy and it lights you up in order for you to get away from the bear. Well, when the bear comes around the corner, HRV goes down to very, very low, eight, 10 milliseconds. Um, what we know is that when you die, your HRV is gone. So it goes to zero. Um, so you're constantly working to move HRV away from zero. And my very elite, when I was a sports scientist at Ohio State, what we found is that my best wrestlers had the highest HRV. And in fact, we got to the point to where when we sent our team to nationals in 2018, we, we sent all 10 starters, first time in school history. We had eight All-Americans, the most in school history. But I could have told you the two guys that would not make All-American the first day of the tournament um, because they did not have enough reserve. Their HRV was not high enough. They didn't have enough in reserve to win the five matches that you have to win to be an All-American. Um and so, and you know, we, we had seen an indication of this in 16 and 17, and we were constantly working to build resilience in our athletes. For instance, we, we use uh, sensory deprivation float tanks, you know, float tanks that, that the, their body, your, your, the water's full of salt, magnesium sulfate, and it's the same temperature as your body, and the air is the same temperature, and you pull the lid down, and you're in there and all you have is your thoughts, your heartbeat, and your breath. You know, it's an intense meditative environment. Um, we floated that mm -hmm. 140 times that year because um, float tanks move the needle in recovery. And so this is when HRV became a real KPI to me. I really started to understand it. We applied it at that level. Well, how do you build HRV? Cardiovascular exercise is really important. You want, as your, as your cardiovascular system improves, there's more room between heartbeats, so there's more availability for variability. Um, you have to have the right nutrients on board. If you don't mm -hmm. have the right nutrients on board, the body sees that as a stress and lowers your age and dumps resources so that you can go find the nutrients. If you're not sleeping, you're not build, you're not recovering. Okay. Period. End of story. And then finally, we know that when you get the right kind of light on your skin. It improves mitochondrial behavior. It improves HRV. So this this ability to have resources, the necessary resources to train and compete, that's what HRV the variable is. And we measure it with wearable technology like Aura rings, um, uh, Cardio Mood watches. There's there's also commercial HRV products like Omega Wave or First Beat or things like that. Um, but um, we what we found is that the number one driver of poor HRV is inflammation and inflammation a lot of times is related to omega-3 fat consumption because when your cell in, inflammation is important in our bodies it keeps us alive that if we have a bacterial or a viral infection we need and we need inflammation to fight it off but we then need that inflammation to resolve we need it to finish up the problem is, is that if I stay up watching TV with a lot of blue light at night and I throw off my circadian rhythm, I don't get the inflammatory process improving. If I don't have omega-3s, I don't get the process improving. Um, so, and then we also found is that 
your body has part of its nervous system that's called the endocannabinoid system, the internal cannabinoid system. Igor, one of the benefits of exercise is you produce a ligand, you produce a little molecule that's called anandamide. Anandamide is called an endocannabinoid. It's what, it alleviates anxiety, okay? So if you're anxious, it's not because you have too much sugar. It's because you're not moving enough, okay? Anxious is your body's signal to move, to produce anandamide and lower that. Well, what we know, we named the endocannabinoid system over after cannabis, the research we did there. And um, what we know is that we can use cannabis extracts um, very strategically, not get the high that comes with THC, but rather work with other cannabinoids, CBD, CBDA, beta-caryophylline, and improve HRV. And so that's when we, we, we developed this product. It's called HRV+. Plus. Um, the first thing that people notice when they take it is their sleep improves. So, you know, a lot of times people don't sleep well because they have that racing brain. Well, that's anxiety. That's the body saying, go move. Um, well, if you, if you get your cannabinoids up a little bit, it'll help with that racing brain and establish a good night's sleep. Um, it lowers inflammation with the omega-3s and what's called specialized pro-resolving mediators that we put into it as well. So it's all it is is a nutritional supplement to assist in the recovery process. It's not a silver bullet. Um, don't get me. I'm, I'm not suggesting you take this and you become an Olympian. Um, what I'm saying is that in the process, a lot of times there'll be a disconnect at sleep and nutritive levels. And if you go ahead and use a little bit of uh, supplementation, it can be beneficial there. That's awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to try it out because I feel like it would be really, really beneficial for me because I feel like you were describing myself when you're when you were saying it. So I think I think it will, I'll definitely need to, to give it a try. Do you measure HRV, Igor? I, I never. No, I this don't. This is probably something to explore. And, and, and it, it, do you have a heart rate monitor by chance? I don't, but I can I can definitely get one if I need to. You can you can go onto Amazon if you just want to experiment with this. You can go onto Amazon and order from Amazon what's called a Polar H10. It's a it's a heart rate transmitter that you can that you can put around your chest. There there are apps. Well, and I'll tell you, there's an even simpler. There's a there's a, a group out there that's called HRV for training. Uh, it's an app, and you can use the camera on your phone with a finger. And you can start to measure HRV first thing in the morning. Now, that's my, that's my second favorite time to measure. I like wearables, things like an Aura ring. This is, this is a ring that, that you'll see on the inside. It's full of technology. It measures sleep and HRV and body temperature. I think this is a really good tool. There's another company that's coming out of the Netherlands. Uh, this is a wearable. Um, you'll see the back of it has a ton of technology on it. Um, this is called now N O W A T C H. Now I love the hardware. I'm still waiting on a software update from them before I give them the full, this is where you go. Um, but, um, mm -hmm. I think it's worth watching and I think they'll have this software relatively soon. Um, but whether it's aura ring or HRV for training or get a heart rate transmitter and there's an app that's called elite HRV, um, 
It's a free app that you can put your heart rate transmitter on and get a good uh, heart rate variability measure. This is the place to start to play around and learn about it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, that's that's good. That's a lot of a lot of insights and a lot of information. I'm sure people will improve their performance right away once they they listen to to this episode. Um, well once done. They start recovering. They'll start getting better. I mean, everyone trains hard. Um, yeah. Not everybody gives them the, mm-hmm. gives themselves the, the 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 grace of recovery, and so do that. And and HRV is a great tool to measure that with. And HRV plus is a, again the the people that the first thing we hear is when they try HRV plus is man my sleep was amazing, and I'm like perfect because in the absence of sleep mm-hmm. we can't move the needle anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's that's good, and uh, we need to emphasize that uh, every time more and more because I don't think, especially people my age and athletes that are doing college sports right now, they don't they don't take it serious. We 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 hear about it, but I don't think they you know they they really do what they need to do in order to perform better in school and in sports. Igor, so. we have data that showed, and and um, don't Igor, yeah. we have data that shows that. If you drink four beers before you go to bed, it cuts your recovery in half. So eight hours of sleep gives you four hours of recovery because of the alcohol. Now, listen, as an athlete, I enjoyed myself uh, quite a bit. Um, And what I knew is that I could could show up for a six o'clock practice many times. It was usually a running practice. And I could probably still be intoxicated, um, you know, and I could still do the practice and I could get through it. And I thought, well, shit, I could do the practice. I must be fine. I didn't realize, I didn't realize the amount of recovery I was missing. Um, now, listen, I had a good career and I'm not, I don't, re- again, regret's not a favorite emotion of mine. Um, but, um, but yeah, you pay a price and when you put a, when you put a metric on it, you can really start to see, am I moving the needle on this or not? And I, that's, that's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, well, Don, my, my last question for you, it's a question that we always ask our, our guest speakers because I, I feel like every other topic that we have here, uh, it's related to it. And it's what, what's your definition of success? Wow. Um, definition of success is really... Am I able to move the needle on a daily basis towards this goal of improved longevity? <clears throat> you know, I, I'm I'm I don't I I, don't, I rarely compete anymore. Um, that we we had a situation uh, uh, with a company I worked with a few years ago. We had this intra-team competition going on with minutes in the zone measuring heart rate. And, um, I, I don't, I, I don't like to lose. And, um, there is a side of me that frankly, you know, I was able to put into a box a few years ago and I don't let out very often. Um, now, so, so the question is, am I, am I able to change the life? Am I, let let me go back to this, Igor, my personal mission helping individuals understanding the changes necessary to alleviate suffering 
and contribute to the betterment of well people. That's my personal mission. I'll say it again. Helping individuals understand changes necessary to alleviate suffering and contribute to the betterment of well people. If I can go to bed every night having contributed to my personal mission, I think that's success. Um, and, and that's what I wake up and do. Awesome. I, I, I love that. Um, and I, I've said this many times in here. Uh, the reason I ask the, these questions is because um, everyone has a different definition of success. And it, every time I hear a different, a different definition, it feels right, you know, and, and what you said, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, well, I, I appreciate Don. Thanks for, for everything, everything that, that you share all the information about performance. Um, as I mentioned, I think people can definitely, you know, do something right now at the moment in order to improve their performance. And that's what I, I, I love this topic because they can definitely go to bed right now not right now they can definitely try to get a better sleep get some sunlight you know eat a eat a better food and then you know get some move it moving in in and improve their their performance right away you know uh of course there's levels and levels as we mentioned but uh well thank you thank you so much for for all the information thanks igor and thanks for the opportunity if if someone wants to reach out you can find me on linkedin uh, Don Moxley on LinkedIn. You can find find me on Twitter or whatever we call that now. Um, uh, I tend to, that's where I tend to push information. <laughs> and um, my Instagram is also Don Moxley. Um, that's mainly family stuff. You don't see a lot of performance stuff there. Um, but, and if you have questions, um, I usually accept most of my Instagram invitation, excuse me, I accept most of my LinkedIn invitations, unless you have a note that, hey, the system put us together, you seem like a nice guy, it, and then I won't accept it. Uh, if you have a, if you yeah. ask an authentic question, I'll, I'll accept it. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Don. Thanks, Igor.